Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Hello, my dear friends. Uh, we are studying together in the book of Revelation. And really the theme of these studies, the seven churches of the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. This is a very interesting study because in this study we see how the glorified Christ, the glorified Mashiach, knows very well of all that will happen during the time of his absent. From the first coming, when he came to this world, and Israel as a nation did not accept the Messiah as it was uh, predicted by the Hebrew prophet, until the second coming, when Israel will accept the Yeshua the Messiah at his second coming, and in between the age in which we live in today, that is called the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, which is the age of the church age, the assembly age, the congregation age. You see in these seven letters that are found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, how the Messiah Jesus knows everything that is going on in this world with respect to his people. When we study together the seven feasts of the Lord, we could see that in Leviticus chapter 23, God knew very well the plan and the program that he had for Israel. He knew how everything going to begin well, and the Messiah will come. He knew that the Messiah would be rejected and despised. He also knew that Israel will not accept him, and eventually Israel will accept the Messiah at his second coming. Here in Revelation chapter 2 uh, chapter two and chapter 3, we see how the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, knows everything about the assembly, the church. He knew how everything going to begin well, and how things will be not well at all in the last days of the church age. But a true heavenly company he will take to be with him to glory to heaven. And here we learn in these seven churches the program, the plan that he described here in these seven letters and the two chapters in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Before we are going to actually go to every letter itself, I would like to remind you that the Lord Jesus the Messiah is the head of the assembly. According to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, also Ephesians chapter 5, we find that we read in verse 22, and he has, this is God has put all things under his feet, under the feet of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and it says here, and he gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly, to the church. The Hebrew word is kehila, 
The word church means called out ones. He doesn't speak about buildings. He doesn't speak about uh, any structure. The Apostle Paul speaks specifically to believers. The church, the assembly, the congregation, the kehilah is a group of believers, Jew and Gentile, united together in the body of Messiah. He is the head. Jesus the Messiah is the head of the body. He is in heaven, and the, head, and the body is on earth. In chapter 5 and verse uh, uh, 23, we, we read, For the husband, this is the husband and wife relationship, the husband is the head of the wife, even as the Messiah, Christ, is the head of the assembly of the church. And he's the savior of the body. Just the same like you have a marriage relationship between husband and wife. God ordained that the head of the house will be the man. The heart of the house will be the wife, the woman. And together, they have a home, a relationship. Well, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is the head of the assembly. And all believers, true believers, belong to the body of Messiah, which is upon the face of this earth. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, we read, And he is the head of the body, the assembly, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. You notice that Ephesians 1, Ephesians 5, Colossians 1, all these verses, the apostle Shaul Paul says that Yeshua Jesus, after he died, he was buried, and he rose again and went to heaven. He is there waiting as the head, and he's building the body. And so the church is a composition of all true believers from among Israel, from among the nations of the world, united together in that body of the Messiah, the body of Christ. So the head is concerned about what's going on with his own people here on earth, with his own body. And so in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, the head from heaven is observing what happened in these seven churches in Asia Minor. And you remember, we've already spoken about it in chapter 1 and verse 11, where we have already read that Yeshua said to the apostle Yohanan John, I am the Alpha and Omega in Revelation 1 and verse 11. I'm the first and I'm the last. And what you see, this is John, what thou seest, write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia. This is Asia Minor, present-day Turkey. Unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Seven cities which had within them seven local assemblies. Just like in your city or any city in the world, group of believers in Jesus the Messiah who are forgiven are now assembling together in that local city. And of course today, because the, dead, the, the assembly, the church is so divided, you have many, many, many local church groups in, in one city and most of the time, the reason is because they are divided and they are not united. 
But that doesn't change the fact that there is one head and one church, one assembly, one kehilah of true believers from every peoples and tongues and nation. Now it is very interesting that each one of these seven churches to whom Yeshua wrote in Revelation 2 and in Revelation 3, the seven letters, each one have a different name. And also each name has a different meaning. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Very interesting that each name has a meaning. Ephesus, the word to desire or desirable. Smyrna comes from the word mar, more, speaks of suffering. Pergamos speaks about the fact that there is marriage, much marriage. Thyatira speaks about uh, offering sacrifice, ongoing sacrifice. Sardis comes from the Hebrew word sarid, simply mean that which remains. Philadelphia comes from the word phileo in the Greek, which means to love, and it speaks about brotherly love. And Laodicea speaks about the fact that people rule. And you really, my dear friend, it is so interesting that as we are going to look into all these seven letters which were written by the head of the assembly from heaven, to each church, to each kehila congregation, he wrote a letter. And even the meaning of the names of the town or the city where the assembly gathered had a meaning which represented their condition. Very interesting, beloved friend. We also notice that each one of these seven assemblies had a different spiritual condition, as I mentioned earlier. Their name describes somewhat of their condition. But every local assembly, local congregation of simply believers. Because the word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia. And ecclesia means to be called out. Out of Israel, believers out of Israel in Yeshua the Messiah, believers out of the Gentile world in Yeshua Jesus the Messiah. And together we form that one single body, universal body, but we express ourselves in a local bodies of believers, but in actuality, there is only one body, and the head is our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. This is so wonderful to realize that. And that this body is being building. You remember in Matthew uh, uh, chapter uh, 16, Yeshua Jesus the Messiah said to the disciples, even before he died on that shameful cross. In Matthew chapter 16, Yeshua said to his disciples, these are the Galilean, the early apostles, those who sent the, 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 were sent by the Lord to preach the gospel everywhere, including John, Yohanan, the one uh, whose book we are studying together, the book of Revelation. Jesus the Messiah said to Simon Peter, 
And to all those that were with him, he said in uh, Matthew chapter 16, he said to him, I say unto you, Peter, and unto you, disciples, that you are Peter, you are Shimon Petros, you are Peter, you are rock, you are piece of a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, my assembly. Notice he says, I will build, because at his first coming, he didn't begin the building itself, because he was calling the people of Israel to come to him so he will establish the promised messianic kingdom. And when Israel as a nation did not accept the Messiah at his first coming, he's now said, I will build the assembly, the church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And here we are now for the next, for the last 2000 years, he is building the assembly, the church, which means the called out ones. And the gates of Hades, he said, shall not prevail against it. So this is very, very interesting, my dear friend, as we study here, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. So every local assembly had a different condition. In Ephesus, we see faithfulness. In Smyrna, we see persecution. In Pergamos, we see false teaching that have crept into the assembly. In Thyatira, we see idolatry and immorality that existed there. Can you imagine among professing believers, a professing assembly? In, uh, in um, Sardis, we see that which is sleepiness. There were, there, there, there was a, there were, the church was in such a sleepy condition. In uh, Philadelphia, we see brotherly love. There was an awakening and the believers began to love one another and practice affection and love and true love of God. And they were going out to preach the gospel to the world. And sadly, in Laodicea, we see the blind and deceived condition that existed and still existing today in the uh, sad uh, condition of the professing church, uh, which represent the Laodicean days. And so it is very interesting as we study these seven churches found in Revelation 2 and Revelation chapter 3. Now, this is also another thing that I think will be very important for us to bear in mind. That when the Lord wrote these seven letters in Revelation 2 and 3 to seven local assemblies in Asia Minor, he didn't only write for them to meet their need and to charge them in light of their condition locally, but he also showed that this local existing situation in every one of these seven churches still exists today in many local groups of believers around the world, whether it is in Yerushalayim or Yehuda or Shomron or under the, under the uttermost parts of the earth, wherever there are a group of believers, in any place in the body of Christ, the body of Messiah, these seven conditions mentioned here in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 with respect to the names really shows that there are some who are faithful, others who are persecuted, 
Other local assembly is really allowed false teaching to creep in. Other assemblies have sadly have gotten involved in idolatry and also immorality. Others are really sleepy. They just go through the motion and they are not awakened. They're not alive, you might say. Even though most of the believers may be truly born again, but they are very sleepy. They are not awakened. They are not led by the Ruach HaKodesh, by the Spirit of God. And others really show love and affection among the people. They have those who send people to be, you might say, missionaries, to send, to have a mission of sharing the love of God in a world that is sinful and need forgiveness. Then there are others that are very blind to their condition and very deceived, thinking that all are well. And I said, Jesus, I believe in you, Yeshua, I believe in you, and everything is well. And you will see that the Lord addressed every condition that existed in these seven assemblies in Asia Minor. But at the same time, it is existing in all the world in the last 2,000 years, since about 30 AD when the assembly, the church was born in Yerushalayim. By these early Hebrew believers, in the city of Jerusalem where the Holy Spirit of God came and formed the body of Messiah, the body of Christ. Since then, up till today, these conditions exist all over the world, among all the believers, wherever they may be found. One of these, or even a combination of some of these conditions, exist in these assemblies, in these churches, in these congregations. But another thing that is very fascinating, and I think it is very beautiful, because Re- Revelation 2 and 3 really links with, in, similar, in a similar way with Leviticus chapter 23. God gave our people Israel seven feasts, and every one of these seven feasts represents an event that happened in history. And every one of these seven feasts point to the Messiah Yeshua Jesus. He will come in the first in the first coming. He will come at his second coming. He will become the Passover lamb. He will die, will be buried. He will rise again. Their church will be born. And then eventually he will restore Israel physically to the land, restore Israel spiritually to himself, and establish a kingdom in a future day. Well, in a very same manner, these seven letters written to the seven local assembly in Asia Minor, represent for us a chronological events that will happen throughout church history, throughout the assembly history from the beginning 2,000 years ago until the last days when the heavenly company will be taken out of here to glory. This is to me is very fascinating because as we study, we see, looking back at the history of the church, and you can see, surely, it happened in history. Just like looking back at Israel history, we can say, surely whatever God said in his word did happen in Israel's history. So there's a link somehow between Leviticus, Vayikra in Hebrew, chapter 23, and Chazon, Revelation, chapter 2 and chapter 3, in a sense that both of them describe the history the one, the history of Israel, and the other, the history of the church, 
of the congregation, the assembly. Now, for example, Ephesus really represent the years between 30 AD to about 9900 AD. This is the apostolic assembly, the apostolic church, the early assembly. Smyrna represents from about 100 AD to about 313 AD. This is the experience, the suffering church that have suffered so much because of the Roman persecution. Pergamos represents uh, from the years uh, 314 AD to about 590 AD, represent the compromising age in the church where the church was compromising the truths of the word of God. Then we have Thyatira from about 590 AD to about 1517 AD, and that represents the dark age of the church, of the assembly. A dark age. It was a terrible period of time in church history, in the, in the assembly history, in the professing church history. Then we continue on, and we see that in Sardis, we see a representation uh, of the, the the reformed assembly, reformation, which would happen about 1518 to about 1700 AD. Look at this. The, this is the, the progression in, in church history, in the history of the assembly, the Kehilot, since the Messiah went to heaven and became the head of the assembly in Philadelphia. The Church of Philadelphia represents the 1700 to about the 1900 when there was an awakening and a revival. The assembly was revived. The church was revived and there were missionaries and servants of God were sent to the world to preach the message of the gospel. And that's how you and I became believers because someone came and told us that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. The word of God was being preached. And of course, the last church, the Laodicea or the Laodicean, about 1900 till today, and it will continue on until the rapture of the church. And this is really represent the last days of the assembly of the church, worldliness and the people rule rather than the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah rule. And in Revelation chapter 3, uh, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah said to this very same assembly, in verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He is without. He's standing on the door and he's knocking and he's asking to come in. Can you imagine? He is the head. And the church is his body. And to this local assembly in the city of the Laodicea, he's knocking on the door and he's outside. And he's asking to come in. And he's asking them to open the door. And sadly, this church age, which began at about 1900 until today, some hundred years, and it will continue on, represent the age of the people rule. Not Yeshua's rule, not the head of the assembly rule, not the Messiah Christ in heaven rule, but the people rule. That's why we find ourselves today in such a condition of divided condition in the last days of the church age. Sad and yet true 
And the Lord knew it. That's why he gave us these seven churches that are found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Now, I would like to uh, uh, mention uh, uh, that in every one of these letters that the Lord Jesus wrote to these seven churches, the Lord Yeshua presents a description of himself that is taken from chapter 1. If you remember in chapter 1, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, on Yom Adonai, Yom Yehovah. And then he said, Then I heard a voice behind me, a great voice, as of a trumpet, which said, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And then what John saw, he saw a vision of the glorified Messiah. And he saw, as you notice that, he saw uh, the one, the way he clothed. He saw the son of man, Ben Adam. This is the fact that it is a messianic title. He is the Christ. He is the Mashiach. He is the anointed one. He is the son of man. He is seen now as the glorified son of man in heaven. And he is a coming king, but he is a judge that is ready to judge the world, but first of all, he is going to judge among the assemblies, the churches, his own people, the professing people of God. And so there's a description of him as we see it from chapter 1, and he presented to every one of these seven assemblies. Also, we know, we can see as we studied these seven churches in starting in the next session, that to each one of these seven assemblies, Yeshua also said, I know your works. Yadati et ma'asecha in Hebrew. I know what you are doing. I know everything about you. Can you imagine? The Lord knows everything about us individually, but he also knows everything about us us in a collective aspect, in our own localities. As he knew every one of these seven local assemblies in Asia Minor, he said, I know your, uh, I know your works. I know what is going on in your midst. He says, and you will notice that as we will study each one of these seven uh, letters to the seven assemblies. In each of these seven letters, the Lord Jesus applies to those who will hear him. He appeals and he applies to them and he, he appeals to them and he seeks them to apply their, uh, the, the message that he gave to them for their lives. And that's why he said, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the assemblies, unto the churches. So every local assembly is responsible to, you might say, apply themselves to the appeal of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, to them. And that's why he said to them, He that has an ear from among the believers in this local assembly, let him hear what the Holy Spirit of God saith unto all the seven churches. If you have an ear, listen. In Hebrew, it says, Mi asher ozen lo yishma. Mi asher ozen lo yishma. Do you have an ear? Are you ready to listen? The Lord is appealing to those who would listen. 
In each letter, Yeshua also gives a promise to the one that will overcome whatever the condition exists in their locality. That's why it says, to him that overcome, to him that wins. In Hebrew, it says, la menatseach, the one that is overcoming the condition that existed in this local assembly, whether it is Ephesus, or whether it is Smyrna, or whether it is uh, Pergamos, or Tyatara, or Sardis, or Philadelphia, or Laodicea. Seven different conditions existed in seven different assemblies who gathered themselves together in seven cities and they have had seven distinct conditions in their local assembly. And any individual that overcome, the Lord is promising them a blessing. And finally, my dear friend, as we speaking about some general thought about these seven letters to the seven assemblies that Yeshua wrote and gave it to John, Yohanan, on the island of Patmos to send to all these seven uh, assemblies. The last point that I want to mention is each one of these seven churches composed of both true and false. Those who truly belong to the Lord and those who only actually claim to belong to the Lord, but really not belong to Him. That is what we call Christendom. It is a sphere of profession. And within all these local assemblies that existed in those days and exist today in this world, there are those who are truly born from above. Born by the Spirit. Born by confessing and repenting that they have sinned and accepted Yeshua, the Messiah, as their Lord and Savior. But on the other hand, there are those who don't. They claim to be believers, but they are really not. They might attend church meeting buildings, but they are really not. They might go and attend to the, the Keilah and even sing the song but they never, never repented and never turned to the Lord. So as we read these seven letters, we must bear in mind that the letter was written to the local assembly and it was read to all. But among these all who were there, there very well may be both true Bible believers, people who repented and turned to the Lord. But on the other hand, there may be those who really are not born from above. And this is a warning because God will have to deal with his own people, but he also going to deal with those who, re who did not accept Yeshua, Jesus, as their Lord Messiah and Savior. And you know, this verse come to mind that is found in 1 Peter chapter 4. And the last, uh, uh, one of the last verses, it's Peter said, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if first 
begin with us, namely the true born again, the true believers in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, the Meshichim, the Christians, the believers, the Meshichim in Hebrew, if it begin with the true believers, what shall be the end be of those that obey not the gospel of God? And that's why, my dear friend, it is essential not to neglect turning to the Lord, Yeshua the Messiah is Lord and Savior, because he deals with his own people, the true believers, the assembly. But what shall be the end of those that obey not the gospel of God? And I challenge you to accept the Messiah because we have all sinned and we need forgiveness of sins. And no matter who we are, we cannot be justified on our own. For this reason, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, died and was buried and rose again and became, and went to heaven and been seated up, and, and sitting at God's right hand, became the head of the body of Messiah. May the Lord help you to be part of the assembly, of the kehilah, of the true believers in Yeshua, the Messiah. Well, until the next time, when we're going to study one assembly at a time, one letter at a time, I would like to wish you God's blessing, saying to you, Shalom, Shalom.